Yeah, some of them are. Oh, one of them is. Um, but, you know, when, when, when people go out, they, like, they represent Jesus, obviously, but they represent us. They're part of the household of faith, the Restoration Centre. And um, Daniel, and, Daniel and Katie have been in the Northern Territory for many years now. They've been part of the um, Iris Ministries, which is Heidi, Heidi Baker's original ministry in Mozambique where she feeds the poor, whether she, where she brings people in. She does amazing things in Mozambique. And so they're part of that ministry. Um, and they've got a church um, alongside of that in Alice Springs called Living Hope. And so we were driving around in the Hope Mobile because they gave us a van and the, and the um, number plate just said Hope. So, yeah, oh, so there's a couple of photos up there. So we'll just, but um, I think the next one, uh, that, was, that was when we were feeding the pastors of the city. We had seven fellowships represented as we blessed and prayed and, and just blessed the pastors of the city. How cool was that? Yeah? Yeah, just keep going. That'd be good, Indy. Thanks. That's our riverbed. Can you see the water? Oh. Can you see the water? No, Okay. Do we miss the van one somewhere? Oh, don't, doesn't matter then. Okay. Oh, they've just mixed them up. Okay. Beautiful scenery out there, hey. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that is gorgeous. Yeah. Stanley Chasm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So in the streets of Alice Springs, everything has shutters on it because of the level of vandalism. And stuff, so everything gets shut down over night time. Even McDonald's closes at 9 o'clock. That's Alice Springs from Anzac Hill. That's where we were praying and declaring. I'll speak about that a little bit later. It's so dry. Even your lips crack after two or three days because the air's so dry. Hey, there's a bunch of planes. Uh, that's the um, Iris Ministries, Living, Living Hope Fellowship. That's their... That's their property. That's their building. They have three buses that go out every Sunday. Get the indigenous people, bring them in. They feed them. That was a baptism. We, we were blessed to see one of the baptisms there. Um, that was really cool. And uh, that was the worship night that we were participating in with the banners. Come on. We take the banners with us wherever we go. And that's the team on our final get-together before we started our journey home. I just wanted to say very quickly what I was getting to was that Daniel and Katie have been there for years. They have people come through all the time. Constantly people come through. And they said, you know, they have to be pretty wary because there's some people that have agendas and people that have egos and there's all kinds of stuff that comes with that. Um, but the thing that really touched my heart was that she said, we've never had a team like this team. This team is the best team we have ever had through Alice Springs. That's the Hope Mobile. Come on. Their level of, she said the level of love, the level of humility and the level of honour was something they hadn't experienced from teams coming through. So, you know, we, we blessed them. I, I, I just thought you needed to know that. They represented Jesus and our fellowship so good. That's Daniel and Katie. Yeah, that's them. They're from Hobart. They're more Tasmanians. Tasmanians are overtaking the world by stealth. I'm, I'm sure they are. Yeah, so that's from the air. It's pretty dry. 
Do you know they only get 280 mil of rain a year? That's what they get, 280 mil of rain a year. That's what they, There's all the planes, Singapore Airlines, all kinds of different carriers. They've got nowhere to go at the moment because the planes aren't flying, so they park them in the outback of Australia. Because it's dry, there's no salt, salt water, there's no, it's not, like there's no corrosion. Look at them, this is amazing. Oh yeah, you're, you're good, thank you. There's the team, yeah. Cool. Is that all of them? Is that, must be about. Good, good expression, Nick. Okay, who wants to share first? You'll get it over and done with. That's a that's a good that's a good. What was one thing that got? Okay. So for Cheryl, um, I have done prophetic ministries before, but I've never gone in a ministering team. Um, And yes, my journey still was prophetic. So for me, what he did in me was. just learning to be part of that team thing again. I have had little teams, but I mean, not on a ministry outreach. So, um, in particular, what he did for me was seeing the teamwork together. And just as Katie and Daniel said, they've been a really great team. So that, to me, was really good because, um, yeah, just, for example, the night of the um, dinner... We had to shop, we had to cook, and we then we had to clean up and, and serve and everything like that. And I just was amazed at how it did come together and how everyone put amazing effort into all of it. So that was great for me to see. Um, spiritually, the Lord um, grew me a bit more. <laughs> um, I know I came forward with... Um, a song in the spirit calling the rivers to rise and he hasn't done that with me before. He's done other things but that was a new one for me. Have I done enough? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Um, I think one thing the Lord was doing in me, like he's been talking to me for a while about humility and being humble, and when you when you serve people, you have to let go of all pride, and put the other person first, and just lay yourself down, basically, and we did a lot of that, Alice, so the Lord was really, um, yeah, moving me in humility more and more, which was pretty awesome. Um, one thing that really stood out to me were that the Indigenous people were really really receptive to the Holy Spirit. Like when we prayed for them, they really received. When when they worshipped, they were just, they really worshipped. They were very receptive to God. Um, another thing that really stood out to me was that um, for, for quite a while now, the Lord's had me praying, not just for Australia, but New Zealand as well. And just for that whole Anzac thing, and and he really showed me that Australia and New Zealand are brothers in arms. You know, not just in the natural, as we have been, but in the spirit as well. And when I found out there was an Anzac hill where we were going, I got really excited. 
Um, and I got even more excited when I knew we were going there. We were actually going up it, <laughs> which was great. Um, and um, I just on the, on the flight to Alice Springs, the Lord showed me two rivers, and the rivers were they met together and they flowed together out into the land, flooding the land. And I really believe that the the two rivers were. Australia and New Zealand coming together and working together, ministering together as brothers in arms. Yeah. So. Hello. The um, actually, I want to say something first. Uh, there's a guy called Pub, uh, Publius Cyrus who was around just before Jesus's time, and he had some pretty famous uh, phrases, and one of them was. In unity, there is always victory. And this was a guy who actually saw his nation conquered by the Romans. And because his nation was in disunity, and he saw a small army come and not only uh, basically capture his nation, but also enslave the nation. And so out of that came, because he saw the unity of the army, which was a small army defeating a whole nation. And so out of that came the expression, in unity there is always victory and you know being there as we prayed you know that was one thing that the Lord really talked to me about was disunity and how the church and even the nation at this time is in disunity and uh, so for me it was really about well am I going to be an agent for unity but it was a real blessing to be able to uh, love upon the pastors when they came to the pastors dinner but then also to pray for people to prophesy over people, have words of knowledge, and to encourage people in and up in the things of God. And, uh, you know, so for me, that was exciting to be able to do that and to bless these people because, you know, they have, they're in a dry place, but they've been in a dry time as well. And uh, so it's a blessing to be able to come or to go and encourage them up into what the Lord's been or wanting to say and wanting to do in them, you know. And so, um, and the challenge for us now is we've made the connection, so what do we do with that? And, uh and so that's probably an episode two and three, but uh, yeah, but how good it was. And so we just want to thank everybody that prayed as well for us while we were there because, you know, it made a difference and, um, and how exciting it was. And, you know, we went uh, just as agents from here, but, uh, but also for Bundaberg itself, you know, for Queensland, for what God's doing here, and we believe for the whole nation as well. And so, yeah, just everyone that supported us, uh, we just want to thank you as well. Bless you guys. I've been asked to, uh, did anything, did any, did God do anything through me there, what he did? Um, I'll go back a couple of days. I asked God at night before I went to sleep, you know, have you got a purpose for me to go to Alice Springs? And every night there was nothing. Till Saturday night. I'm laying back in bed and I'm thinking again, I'm saying, Lord, have you got a purpose for me? And I just sat up in bed. I just sat up in bed and, and said, you what? You want me to do an altar call? I thought, oh, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, God then said to me, because you don't think it's real, you're going to have to ask Tim to give you permission. And uh, whether he says yes or no, you're not to plead your case. 
So I went down to church first thing, went into church, went up to Tim and said, God's told me I've got to do an altar call. And he went, hmm, okay. <laughs> well, I did the altar call and I said, is anyone here who would like to put their hand up and accept Jesus? And two of them did. Oh, what a man, that was so good, that was so good, that was so good. One, one, one highlight of, uh, that was one highlight, but there was another one. And uh, I'll tell you this because I've never ever done this before. I, I was billeted with a couple and they were Baptists. And come uh, Saturday, they'd asked me if I would go to their church. But at the same time, they were having a, a worship and worship night at the church, at, our, at, the, at the church with um, Katie and Daniel. So I decided I would go to the Baptist church. I've never, ever been to a mainland church, whether it was Catholic, England, Baptist, never in my life. I grew up in a family that was uh, agnostic, bordering on atheism. So I went, and the first thing you go, it's big. They got a big hall, and uh, they, you can tell that they're quite wealthy. Uh, but there's only a few chairs scattered about the place, and they told me that they can only take 150 people at a time. So they took all the chairs out except 150. So that's they had a big four, but it was quite good. They, had, they said they had offering boxes. They didn't rave on about giving you money or tithing. They just said, here's the offering boxes, just like us. And the sermon was great. It was uh, Acts chapter 10. So I, I, I was very pleasantly surprised that they're not evil because I come up through a... Because <laughs> I come up through a cult that said they were. But they weren't. They were really nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just really want to thank um, thank you all um, for your prayers um, and also for all those who financially gave into this trip. Um, it was an amazing blessing um, just to be able to go over there and be part of this cool, funky little team. Um, yeah, I just really want to honour everyone who sewed in because um, that trip wouldn't have been possible without you guys um, and I just want to share some stuff that you're all a part of because although we we were there you're all part of it um, and we just I just really well, we just really want to honor you um, for that because yeah it was really special um, our journey to the center sort of began a week before we left where we were bordering on not going um, out of fear really because fear really struck me um, taking not just my wife but my two kids with the borders all shutting around me. My business is flying and doing really well and here I am taking a week off and fear of quarantine and all those things sort of just gripped me and I was like, Jesus, what am I doing? You know, why am I going? I, you know, I'm just a little fluff. Um, and he kept saying, go. I'm like, Jesus, if I get stuck over there, it's two weeks in the Northern Territory. And for a family, it's five grand quarantine, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just, uh, what do you reckon, Lord? 
every time you just, in my spirit, just go, it's okay. I'm like, oh, oh well. Anyway, so we, we jumped on and got through it all and it was just, it was really just a breeze getting through just with all the quarantine stuff and forms. But, you know, the whole, the whole trip, just to be able to be blessing the pastors there that really don't seem to get sewn into with people wanting to help them. Everyone seems to maybe want to take from them. And it was just a real blessing to do the Friday night dinner where we all cooked, we all cleaned, we set up, we set up tables, had candlelit dinner, all for these people that some of them hadn't even met or spoken to in the town. So some of the pastors hadn't even, I don't know, shaken hands with each other. Um, was amazing to be uh, like a catalyst to bring people together. And, and the Lord was showing me it's sort of like, you know, a plough touching virgin dirt, you know, I think something happened, I can't put my finger on it, but something happened that we've, like our, God's done something and it's opened up new ground ready for nutrients and, and seed and fertilizers, ready to, something really going to kick off and, um, you know, some really cool things happened with um, Katie and Dan that, you know, she got really sick and we were able to help them move an entire house or, you know, half a house type thing. And just stuff that they couldn't have done without us. Just, yeah, it was amazing because, yeah. Sometimes you forget that just doing physical lifting things and setting up has just been such a blessing to be able to do that for them because, yeah, not, they don't get much support. Um, yeah, so that was probably my favourite part, is just being a blessing to um, the leaders there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was an awesome time. Um, I think the biggest thing for me and the biggest thing that the Lord's doing in me, which I still don't think I've fully processed and will understand for a little while, um, is just how different it is in Alice Springs. Um, obviously, we talk about the the dirt and the dust and the weather and stuff, but um, the people, whether they're the um, indigenous or people who have come from overseas or or white Australians that have ended up there somehow, they've all got their own odd story about how they ended up in Alice. Um, and it was really encouraging for me, um, and I was just reminded of um, how wide-stretching the church is, and that we have brothers and sisters everywhere in the world, but also like you know, in the heart of this great nation. The um, first night we were there um, to, to pray and worship with them, a few of the indigenous ladies came into the building and um, one of them just said to me, she said, she said, brother, how are you doing? And I said, I'm going really well. She said, brother, come pray. Um, and then she looked over to Krista and she said, sister, come pray. And we just sat with this lady for five or ten minutes-ish and we just, she told us what she needed prayer for um, and we prayed with her. She was she was a fantastic prayer and she was so open to the spirit. Um, and then just throughout um, the week, though, it, it can be hard to have like open dialogue with a lot of the indigenous people there. 
we just made such a connection just through our shared love in Jesus. Um, and just as they warmed to us and we warmed to them, um, there was just a real openness about the worship and the prayer. And I was just really encouraged by, you know, we're so used to that here and it's so great, but, you know, we can go elsewhere in the country with people who have completely nothing else in common with us but Jesus and we just have that. That was fantastic. Lucky last. Um, Well, there's so much that these guys have covered, but so much that we haven't told you about. Um, But a few little things. Um, Nick and I were blessed by this team to take a tour of Uluru. Um, So that was incredible. But I just felt as we were there, um, everything the tour guide talked about was about the Aboriginal culture, about dream time, all that sort of dark stuff. And I just felt as we walked up to Uluru um, that God said, this is mine and I have covered, I've covered this place and it's beautiful. Um, I don't know why I get emotional, but... (laughs) So everyone talks about Alice Springs as a dark place. Um, there's a lot of oppression, a lot of dark things, but I just felt that he'd really covered it um, with his love. And yeah. Hey, they all did their bit, hey. You know, Cheryl's there, she was praying around, she was waiting. She was a great cook. Where is she? She's sitting down somewhere now. There she is. She said it was a miracle that she was able to stand up for the whole day and do cooking, you know. Um, and if you know Cheryl's story, then yes, it is, you know, but God enabled her to do that. Um, you know, everyone, like I saw Steve was out there, he goes, I've got a word. He gets a word and he shares the word and someone else from the fellowship was, was like, wow, I just saw this thing and... You know, like everyone, everyone participated, you know, everyone was stepping out. Nick and Krista um, helped lead the worship night on the Sunday night and there's a kind of a peaceful anointing there, but at the same time it borders sometimes on complacency, if that makes any sense. And we were very, we just we were very aware of that. We, we just came in to come amongst them, not to tell them something. But on the Sunday night, we just pushed a little bit more and the, the fire of God just broke out on Sunday night and there was people just on the floor and stuff and, and it came through that song again, One Name Jesus. And in fact they said, is it on Spotify yet? <laughs> it's not yet, but it's coming. But it just broke something open. And there was a, in, one of the Indigenous ladies, she travelled 500 kilometres to be there. 500 kilometres. So Childers and Jinjin people, you're blessed, you don't live that far away. 500 kilometres to be there and she didn't have a car so I'm not quite sure how she got there but she got there through different methods probably and at the end she said would you pray for me and we're all gathered around her and we were praying for her and she just started to weep and weep and weep and she says next time you come will you come to my community she actually extended the invitation to come into their community she said she's in her 70s she said we've been praying for revival in the heart of this nation for years and years and years and years. Will you come? I was like, wow. 
you know, there were so many things that we haven't covered and maybe just ask them. But for me, we, there, was, there, was, there was two things that stood out to me. And, you know, we've spoken about the, the blessing the pastors and, and what the Holy Spirit was doing amongst them. Some of the pastors said, I have never had this level of conversation. Because, see, they didn't have to do anything. We waited on them. And they could just come and they could relax and they could just relate with each other. It was so great. But the two things that stood out to me was that um, this one of the Indigenous ladies kept asking me from the first night, she said, would you come and pray for my nephew? And I'm like, okay, he's in ICU on life support. Oh, okay. Just being real here, I'm like, oh, okay. And I said, look, I'll talk to Katie because um, obviously, you know, cross-culture and stuff, I, I mean, I can't just turn up at the ICU and in a strange place. It doesn't work. Anyway, Sunday, was it the Sunday? What, what day was it? The Sunday afternoon. Two, two people from the, the, the fellowship took me into the ICU and we prayed for Ernest. Ernest had pneumonia, which he was out bush, didn't get treated, had a heart attack, caused brain injury. 18. Anyway, um, I'm waiting for the video when he stands up in church and gives his testimony to Jesus. But my praise report was that as we prayed for him that afternoon in the hospital bed, he was sitting up. And I'm praying for full restoration and for him to come amongst the fellowship and go, this is what God did in my life. Amen. It's good, guys. I've just got one more thing to share. And then a verse of scripture. Is it all right if we bring out the word for a couple of minutes? Yeah. Sure? Yes, Bruce. I just feel like I'll burst if I don't say what I need to say because God's laid on my heart. <laughs> it's in the going. It's in the obedience of going. That's what we sent this team and they were prepared to go. They sacrificed to go. And God blesses. God blesses. He sees that and he blesses. And we had the privilege of being able to pray as they went. And, and just listening, I'm just bursting with what I've heard this morning because it aligned with the, church, the, with the prayers that we've been praying all week for them. I just thank God for the team that kept coming every morning to the park. I asked you to pray fervently. We prayed fervently. And I know that there's so much more than this team realises has happened. I believe that the heart of the nation has been touched and they've been he it's been healed. There's been a healing happen in this time. There's been restoration to our nation. It's not been little. Their obedience has been a huge thing to touch our whole nation. It's touched our whole nation and the heart's been touched and there's been a healing. I can't speak that enough because I've been there and I, I wanted to go with this team and God said, no, you stay because you can be more effective here. I so wanted to go because I love our nation and I've seen those places that they went. 
I've seen Uluru, I've stood on Uluru, and I love this nation, and I'm so grateful for what God's done through Tim's and the team's obedience. So I just say, thank you, Lord. And I think Bruce is going <laughs> to tell you, so I'm going to steal his thunder, because at the end... <laughs> At the end of our eight days of praying for this team, as, as well as thanking the team and saying, thank you so much for all that you've given, we were stretched. You know, eight consecutive days. At first, we were on fire and we were praying all these things that you could imagine we would pray. And then every day we thought, we're not going to undo what we've already done. We need more, Lord. Show us more. Show us more. And every time we asked for the Lord to show us more, someone would have another word or see a vision. And it was amazing. I've been blessed by being part of it. It was real special. But as we were saying goodbye on that last night and uh, morning and thanking everyone, this bird just flew out of the sky, landed behind prayer and Megan's feet, a, a magpie goose, and walked into the middle of our circle and walked amongst our feet and played with our fingers. And I just think, God, this is awesome. What is this? What are you showing us, Lord? And I believe, I believe it was a sign from God that his hand, he sealed this whole trip. He sealed this trip with this bird. It was an amazing experience. He said, well done, good and faithful servants. Thanks, darling. Yeah, it was indeed a great time. And as Tricia said, what the team from Alice has been saying, we have been with them in the spirit. We really have. It's been an amazing thing. Uh, We have seen Alice Springs ablaze with the fire of the Holy Spirit. We have stood on top of Ayers Rock and, and prayed into that and the whole, whole area. We've seen the desert bloom out of season in the spirit. We have seen wells of living water shoot up in, in Alice and we've seen the Todd River run a banker with, with, spiritual, uh, with living water. We've seen all these amazing things. Uh, it's been really wonderful. On Tuesday, after, uh, Tuesday morning, we're probably two-thirds away through our prayer, prayer time and the prayer drifted away from Alice into other things. And at the end of the prayer time, I sort of said to the group, I don't know about you, but I believe it's done. It's a done deal. God's finished it. God's done what needed to be done. And that was the consensus of the whole group. We didn't really need to pray for Alice again, uh, particularly in that area, because God had done it. We went back Wednesday morning to pray for the team and their flight home. And as Trisha said, it ended with a wild magpie goose in the middle of a circle of seven or eight people whom everyone patted, whom, whom, whom it nibbled at the fingers of everybody there. If that's not God, then I don't know what is. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Bless you, mate. That, uh, that, that picture there is where water has run across the outback of our nation. But it's dry. You can see the little contours where the water has gone through and there's a little bit of shrubbery, a little bit of something, but then there's salt, there's other stuff around it. You know, I, on one hand, you, like on one hand, you went like, whoa, like, wow. 
But on, the, but on the other hand, there was this sense that, you know, that God is about to water this nation afresh. But the one thing I want to share before I just finish with a quick word, and I understand you've been sitting for a few minutes, so I won't take too long. Um, and I won't get into the full depth of it, but I, was, I too was kind of saying, God, why, why am I going? I don't really need to go. There's plenty of other people on the team that can go. I don't need to go. And the, the Lord just kept saying, no, 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 I want you to go. I'm like, okay, okay. And um, it became really obvious um, over the preceding weeks that the Lord had me, and, and please, I, it's not about me, um, and, and I don't know why me, um, but the Lord had me, had an assignment for me on the Saturday on Anzac Hill in the heart of the nation. And I didn't know... I knew some of the enormity of it because there's a lady called Julianne who's been doing prophetic mosaics and she was facing battles over this prophetic mosaic she was doing. I had, I had Katie Barker, I've been talking to her a little bit and I, so I understood some stuff. One of the things that Katie Barker said to me that when she did her intercession assignment around the whole of Australia, the only place she didn't get to before COVID hit was Alice Springs. And she said, you are sealing what I have done. She said, apostolically... You are sealing it, what the prophetic has done. And I went, oh, this is interesting. So anyway, I, got, I woke up on the Saturday. I went to bed on the Friday night and we'd been so busy. I, really, I, I had no idea what I was saying on the Saturday. And I woke up on the Saturday and I said, Lord, what, what am I saying? And he just said, get your journal out, notepad. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root, David has conquered. And the Holy Spirit just transcribed the two-page prayer, decree. And it was at that stage that I realised how weighty this thing was. I understood the weightiness of it. And I actually rang up Katie because I thought, man, I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> and I rang up Katie and I said, Katie, this is what I've got from the Lord. This is what I need to decree over our nation, from the heart of the nation. And she was, we were just both on the ground. I was on the ground in Alice Springs. She was on the ground in her lounge room. We were just weeping, 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 weeping before the Lord because of the enormity. And... I know before, I knew before I went that I wasn't speaking to any principality or power. I was speaking to the Lord himself. The Lord gave me the words to give back to him. I was reminded of Moses who identified with the people. Moses was like an apostolic figure in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant. But he wasn't separate from the people, he was amongst the people. And he identified with the people. And you'll see Moses saying, Lord, we have sinned against you. Lord, we have turned away from you. Lord, we have a, um, allowed false idols to come in. And he would identify with the people. And he would stand before the Lord. He wasn't speaking to anyone else, he was just speaking to the Lord. And I was so aware that day of the Lord. There was stuff that we had to say. There was stuff that had to be said 
on behalf of this nation. But I, I, I can't share it enough that there's something that has happened in the spirit realm that I haven't fully seen yet. There's been too many things that have just lined up. There's been too many prophecies and there's been too many words. And you know what? We're all in this together. And I share that because, you know, at times we face battles. You face battles. And you face battles because we're in a battle. We're actually in this thing together. Because this is bigger than Bundaberg. This is about our nation. This is about the birthright of our nation. Part of that. And I say part of because it's not the entirety. Some, some people still say that. Australia is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. We are part of the great south land of the Holy Spirit. When they rediscovered the prophecy, they actually understood that it wasn't just about our nation. It was about the islands. It was about New Zealand, about Papua New Guinea. It was, it was, this was the great south land of the Holy Spirit together. And God, you know, whilst the enemy is trying to roar and he's trying to, you know, put fear into people, you know, God is saying, no, 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 I am, I am turning the tables. I am turning the tide and I am claiming this nation and the nation's back for myself. Do we believe we're on the back foot just trying to get through or do we believe we're on the front foot and say Australia for Jesus? I don't, I'm not going to share what I, what I spoke. I thought, oh, maybe I should then. I thought, no, we, we don't. It, it, it's done. But I will say this, that I have not felt the weight in the spirit of what I felt that day. The enormity of the whole thing, I haven't, I haven't felt it. I want, to, so I want to thank you for your prayers and, and because we're all in this together, hey? With our other brothers and sisters in Christ in this nation who are standing for Jesus, we're in this together. A kingdom divided cannot stand. That's why the enemy tries to divide because we, because we'll stumble and fall. But we are a people that stand for the kingdom of God, for Jesus and for unity. Amen. And I want to just finish with this word really quickly. Um, music team, if you want to come forward. I want to just speak about the love of God just for one minute. Because when I was flying back in the plane on the way back and we were going over these kind of areas like this, I was just overwhelmed with the love of God afresh in that aircraft. You know, you know, we just don't realize how good we've got it until you go somewhere and you think, man, we should stop complaining. We should have no complaining here at all. Like, you know, there are a group of people that every Sunday, every week, 52 weeks a year, get up and at 6 o'clock and they start cooking food. And then they come and they gather and they, they, they come to the building. Then they get in the buses and they go out on the highways and the byways and they get the indigenous people in and they preach them the gospel and they fellowship together. They feed them. They do everything. They send them back with food. They are, their Sundays are non-stop. Every week. It can only be the love of God. Because the, the flesh would say, too hard. And I was reading 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Because the more I travel this journey, the more I realize the love of God and, the, and what He wants to do in us and through us and amongst us. And in verses 
um, 1 to 3, it says, If I speak in human or angelic tongues but, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions away, if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. You see, it's not about the external things, it's about the internal. When, when the Lord has our heart, everything else will start to flow. It's not that prophecy is wrong, mysteries are wrong, words of knowledge is wrong, giving away possessions is wrong, but you've got to have His heart, otherwise we've missed it. And what Australia needs is, is the heart of God. Not just religious duty, I've got to find someone to give this to, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. No, 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 they need it from a place of the heart. And I realized this as we stood in the place, in, in the heart of this nation, that God is still calling His people back to His heart. Because the kingdom of God is relational, amen. And you know, you know what happens when God has your heart? It's not about you anymore. You become selfless. And every now and then there's a little bit of self that rises to the surface and you've got to go, get down. Or am I the only one that's like that? But when you, when you are heart to heart with God and when He has your heart, it's not about you anymore. It's about other people. And then so you read the next verses in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. It's kind. It does not envy. There's no boasting. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. How many times do we go, oh, that person, you know, what they did to me. The love of God keeps no record of wrongs. You are free. There's no self in that love. That's selfless. Because there's patience, there's kindness. There's no boasting, there's no arrogance, there's no rudeness, no self-seeking, there's no self there. It's God. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. His love is righteous, resulting in righteousness. It is strong, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. His love never fails. So I guess following on from what Liz said before, we need to stand before God and we probably need to keep coming back to it at times, saying, God, here, here I am, here we are. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. In every moment, in every conversation, in every thought, that your love, oh God, would be at the forefront that your love would manifest in us and through us, that we would love the way that you love. Because we know that you are the God of transformation and your heart is for transformation of this nation. 
And we thank you, God, that you are going to pour. You are pouring new wine out. You are pouring rivers of living water afresh in this nation. That there's no quarreling over the wells anymore. But there is a new well that is being dug. And the declaration from that new well was that we have space to prosper and we will prosper. And so we declare the people of God, it is time to prosper. Jesus. So let's lift him up, amen. Let's lift him up. He is great. This is one of those anthem songs. It's on our lips. He's put the breath in our in our lungs and we pour out our praise to the one who is worthy to the one who is faithful to the one who has given us life amen